Thank you, Brother Dan. Our family theme this morning is Jesus is born. How many are glad that he was? And we're going to be talking about that most unusual birth in a moment. We'll be in the first chapter of Matthew, beginning verse 18, all the way through chapter 2, verse 12 of Matthew. Uh, three key truths. Number one, Jesus had a miraculous birth. Number two is uh, his birth fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. And number three, uh, God led wise men to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, under our connect today, I think it'd be pretty easy to do. Um, what what are some of the ways our culture, as they celebrate Christmas, what are some of the ways they honor the Lord, and what are some ways they don't honor the Lord? Okay. Somebody else. Now, I, the question is a twofold question. What are some ways they honor the, they honor the Lord and draw us to Him? Uh, what are some ways they don't uh, do that? I've got to be honest. I, I see very few things that our culture honors God with this time of year. Now, I'm not saying there's not any. Say what now? <laughs> that's true, and uh, that's usually the one or two times that come a year, Christmas and Easter, and uh, so that happens sometimes. But really, I, I think our, our world has lost, and in, in, in a lot of it in, in the gift giving and, and buying and all those kind of things. Um, and I'm not against giving gifts, especially if you want to give them to me, okay? Uh, but but the fact of the matter, Christmas is more than that. It, it's a whole lot more than that. Uh, Cheryl Platt told me something a couple of weeks ago that I, I never realized. My mom had never told me this. Uh, my mom's been gone 10 years now, so it, ha- it had to be shortly before she passed away. Uh, Cheryl said she happened to run into my mother over at one of the stores in the mall somewhere. And as they were getting ready to leave, Cheryl said to my mom, happy holidays. And my mom said, don't tell me that. I get so sick of hearing that. Either say Merry Christmas or Happy New Year. So, you know, include Merry Christmas uh, because it's really all about Christmas. Now, by the way, how many know that we really don't know exactly when Christ was born? We have no idea. Probably maybe more to the spring of the year, but that doesn't matter. Our point is, Christians, we're setting aside a time where we celebrate the birth of the Christ child. And so that's the focus of this morning's lesson. Now, you'll notice we're beginning in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. And uh, the first 17 verses, Matthew gives us the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we have to remember, uh, no matter who is writing Everyone who's writing is doing it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, being led by God to write what they write. But it's interesting, Matthew gives this genealogy to show us, and the original uh, readers of this uh, gospel, that Jesus Christ was qualified to be the Messiah. I want you to notice, and that's not part of our verses today, uh, let's see here, verse 1, Matthew 1. The book of the generations of Jesus Christ, 
the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, notice Matthew starts with Jesus Christ. Now, let me remind you, Jesus Christ was not his name. Jesus Christ is a title. The word Christ is the Greek word for the the Hebrew word Messiah. Jesus the Messiah. So he begins with that and go down to verse 17. He says, so all the generation from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the uh, carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away of Babylon uh, unto Christ are the 14, are 14 generations. So he begins with Christ and he ends with Christ. Again, not a name, but a title. Jesus is the Messiah. So Matthew takes some time, 17 verses, and he lays out the genealogy of Jesus Christ to show us that he indeed is qualified to be the Messiah. So again, Christ was the fulfillment uh, of prophecy, and he was the end of their searching and waiting for the Messiah. Any question about that? Or any question about the significance of that? Folks, Jesus is the Christ, the Christos, the Messiah of God. He is the long-awaited Savior. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. Our first key truth is his miraculous birth. Let's read verses 18 through 21. Thank you, Dan. How many here have ever read this story before? Everybody has. But, you know, no matter how often I read it, I still stand amazed. Now, Matthew is given the genealogy, showing us why Christ is qualified to be the Messiah through genealogy. And now he tells us how this birth came about. Okay, we uh, have his mother here. Who is who? Mary, okay. Uh, the King James says she was a spouse to Joseph. So we have Mary and Joseph. Now, let's talk about this for a moment. She was already betrothed to Joseph. And culture has changed a lot. Wouldn't you agree? Now think about this. That was stronger than an engagement. It would have been a a, a period of a year before they would live together. 
And if something would, uh, you, you just didn't, didn't well, you, they wouldn't call them on the phone or text them, but you know what I'm talking about. You didn't just break off this thing. If it were going to end, there had to be a formal divorce document. So it was almost just like being married, except the husband and wife had not come together intimately. But what was the problem, according to verse 18? Uh Uh-oh. Now, again, our cultures have changed. And uh, there was a time in our world that was a scandal. In fact, in our own country. Even... Fifty years ago, it would have been considered what? A scandal. Now, did it happen? Sure, it did. Did it happen? Well, sure, it did. But normally, they try to do what? Cover it up. Now, I have uh, an uncle of mine that's still living. And I'll never forget, my grandmother told me this story. I was too young to remember it. But he and his prospective bride, decided to run off and get married. And I don't remember where they drove to, but it was they had to stay overnight somewhere. And if my memory serves me correctly, their plans didn't work out. They, either they couldn't find somebody to do the marriage or one of them was too young. I don't know what happened without parent parental consent. And they come back home. And I know to this day, now I know it's true for sure. There's a time I wasn't sure. But my uncle promised my grandmother nothing happened. But guess where they went the next day? To get married. Now think about that. Because whether or not anything happened, my grandmother said, look, it's done. You're going to marry that girl. Now, by the way, they've been married now probably close to 60 years, and he's not in good health, and his wife is a wonderful lady, blah, blah, blah. But there was no way that my grandmother was going to let them come home, even though they live, they live way out in the country, for all the neighbors to wonder what happened. Roger Daniel said that one time his mother-in-law, his, his future mother-in-law, he was over there, said she never did like him. And she didn't make any bones about that. And one day, uh, she said, Roger, do you still have that nice blue shirt and those blue slacks? Yeah. He said, well, tomorrow come over to the house and wear them. He gets over there. They get in the car. And uh, he said, I finally had, I asked, I said, where are we going? And his future mother-in-law said, we're going to see Uncle Charlie. He's a preacher. And Roger said, what? For what? He said, you guys are getting married. Now, again, the rumor had it that they had been together at, I think, her brother's house in Kentucky. Something that wasn't true. But there again, that was a culture. So now, Dan, and you're right, they're, they're, they're and I, I don't like to use that word engaged. That's what the word we would know. It's stronger than that. They were supposed to get married. 
And all of a sudden, Mary's carrying a child. Now, first of all, what did Joseph know for sure about that child? Not mine. Not, was there any doubt in his mind? No. Uh, what did Mary know about that child? Wasn't Joseph's either, right? But it wasn't any human being. Because Matthew says it was of the Holy Ghost. But Joseph now had a dilemma. What was the problem? Yeah, what am I going to, what am I going to do? The Bible says he was a righteous man, so he didn't want to embarrass her. That was not, I mean, I, I think that was noble of him, really. Um, so he decided, I, I have a private divorce. I will put her away privately. What now? Absolutely could have been. Yes. She could have been too. Yeah, just let's just keep it quiet. Now, it's also interesting. Verse 20, I think, is kind of putting it mildly. While he thought on these things. Do you think he thought on those things? <laughs> I, I, my opinion is he probably laid awake at night several nights. What am I going to do? Now, again, he knew for sure what? Not his child. There, there, was no, there was not a chance of that being true. So he's blowing these things over and over in his mind. And while he's doing that, who shows up? An angel does. Put in a dream. And he tells Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And what's the reason? Not because of man. Okay. Hmm. My first inclination is saying, yeah, right. Wouldn't it be? Who had ever heard of, the, heard of this before? It had never happened this way. Now, we'll talk about, a little bit about Isaiah in a moment, his prophecy. But it had never happened this way. What are you, who are you trying to kid, angel? <laughs> so the angel says, Marry her. She's going to have a son. And you will name him Jesus. And he is going to save his people from their sins. Now, anything else about Joseph kind of get your attention here so far? To me, amazing thing is he believed the angel. Somehow, God had spoken to his heart. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I like that, Nicole, because, you know, he wasn't looking for a way out necessarily. He really loved her. But my, oh, my. Don't be afraid to marry her. Call his name Jesus, because he shall save his people from their sin. What were the Jews waiting for? What were they longing for? For a Savior, for a King. And He's come. Now, by the way, that was the same name the angel gave Mary to give to Jesus. Name Him Jesus. So, in, in way of that, now, by the way, we know the whole story. Did Joseph go ahead and marry Mary? Sure, he did. So, in a way of application, God can do whatever is necessary, whatever is needed to accomplish His will. And so, that's why we need to be like Joseph. Trust what God says, even when we don't understand it. Even when we don't understand it. Now, let me ask you a tough question, okay? In way of discussion. Why was it necessary for Jesus to be born of a virgin? Why was that necessary? True. Okay. That's a good point. Ooh, another good point. These are both good points, okay? Somebody else. Say it again. Oh, absolutely. Yes, indeed. Because if he, he had to be God, and to be God, he's got to be sinless, right? And so it had to do with that. But my study guide pointed something out I'd never realized before. And Jeremy uh, preached on this last Sunday morning from John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So another reason for the virgin birth he already existed. Isn't that true? So he didn't be born like anyone else. All he did was become flesh. So all of these are excellent reasons why he had to be virgin born. And now I want to go back. I think you said about the, the prophecy. Why is that so important? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and by the way, <laughs> it's been a while since I've actually heard this on the, on the news or whatever. Wouldn't you agree that through the years there have been people who have claimed to be the Messiah? Yeah. But this one, of course he's the only one, was foretold in the Old Testament. And by the way, Isaiah prophesied about it. And how did it happen? Just like he said. It was indeed 
a fulfillment of prophecy. We'll see that here in just a moment. Uh, so number one, he had a miraculous birth. Number two, his birth fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. Verses 22 through 25. Thank you, Alan. Now remember, the angel is still speaking. Because it says, he begins to explain in more detail, how many know that all the angels were men? In a way, a woman could be an angel. Kidding, okay? It's a, it's a joke, all right? But the angel is still speaking. He gives Joseph more detail about how this can be. And in, I don't know, you just read that in verse 22. It said, It was fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. Now again, it's so important, especially... <clears throat> for the Jewish people to be able to link the birth of Christ with the Old Testament. So the angel assures Joseph, this is what Isaiah was referring to. Look at verse 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which being interpreted is God with us. Now I realize we're here in Matthew chapter 1. But the angel quotes a verse from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Now when Isaiah made that prophecy, Ahaz was king in Judah. And the northern kingdom, depicted by Samaria at that point, the capital, had made an alliance with Syria. And guess who they're, who they're going to come after? Judah, the southern kingdom. And it was a time of desperation for Judah. What are we going to do? God sends the prophet Isaiah to the king Ahaz. And Isaiah says to Ahaz, God has told me to tell you to ask him for a sign. Because even then, in the days of Ahaz and Isaiah, God's people needed to know that God was with them. And especially in those terrible times. Ahaz refused to ask God for a sign. 
And his excuse was he would not tempt the Lord by asking that question. Now, scholars are divided about is that really what this issue was or was he too proud? We don't know. But if God commands you to do something, what do you need to do? You need to do it. So Ahaz says to Isaiah, no, I am not going to ask God for a sign. Isaiah says, that's okay. You don't have to. Because God is going to give you a sign. I want you to realize it won't be long. There will be a virgin who is going to bear a child. And they're going to call his name Emmanuel. Meaning what? God with us. Now most of you know already that oftentimes in the Old Testament... When a prophecy is given, there's a near fulfillment and a future fulfillment. This prophecy is one of those. So it wouldn't be long when a virgin, now by the way, let me explain that one. The word was Alma, if I pronounce it A-L-M-A-H, I think, the Hebrew word. And all it meant was a young woman at marrying a at at the age to marry. So Isaiah says there's a young woman who's going to get married. And she is going to have a baby. And they will name him Emmanuel, meaning God is with you. So he's saying to Ahaz, even though you won't ask, God is going to give you a sign that yes, he is still with the nation of Judah. Did those people need it then? Yes. They needed to know. But not only did that prophecy have a near fulfillment, it also had a future fulfillment. And that's what the angel says to Joseph. What's going on here? Is what Isaiah prophesied. This is the ultimate fulfillment. Now, there is a difference. Because when Isaiah was talking there, he, he used a particular Hebrew word uh, for virgin. It's only used about three times uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, it's often translated as a young maiden in that way. Uh, but again, it was a woman of, marrying a, of, of age to be married. But it didn't always mean she was technically a virgin in the technical sense. But when you get to the New Testament, the Greek word for that is parthenos. And it too can mean either one. So in order to determine, does it mean a young woman for, that's older to be married? Or does it mean a young woman who was strictly a virgin, never had intimacy with any man? But how do you know? Well, you know by the context. Okay? Now, first of all, this is an angel speaking in a dream to Joseph. And he says to him, don't be afraid to marry her. This child is not from any relation with another man. This child is born of God. Now, Joseph knew it wasn't his, okay? 
But also in Luke's gospel, when the angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a baby, what's her first response? Yeah, how, right? Yeah, how could it be? Why she asked that question? And who, who knew better than her? Except God. So she was a Parthenos. And the context tells us not just a young unmarried woman, but a young unmarried woman who never had intimacy with any man. And so that's exactly what Isaiah was talking about. So, now remember, the angel links these events with Isaiah and in effect, he's saying to Isaiah, Mary is the answer to that prophecy. <laughs> what a God. Now remember, and, and I don't like how you put that earlier when we talked about this. Do you realize that Isaiah wrote this about 700 to 750 years before it happened? And to me, that's the, one of the most amazing proofs of the inspiration of God, of his word. How else, could, how else could Isaiah know that? Only if God told him, absolutely, absolutely. And it came about just that way. You'll call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So the people of Isaiah's day needed to know that God was with them. What did the people of Matthew's day need to know? The same thing. God is with us. Again, it shields my spine, folks, because today God is with us. Emmanuel. Now, again, this is not necessarily a name. It's a title. He is Emmanuel, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Any thoughts about that before we move on from it? What an amazing story. And, and by the way, I still believe that this is the greatest story ever told. The greatest story ever told. So let's apply it. We need to thank the Lord for sending his son to live among us. Remember from John, last week of Jeremy Priest, the word became what? Flesh and tabernacled. He dwelled among us. Us. So thank God he, he sent his son, he lived among us, and he died on Calvary for our sins. So we need to obey God, whatever he says, even when it doesn't make sense at that time. And we can rely on what God says in his word. All right, let's stop here just a moment. Let's kind of put our thinking caps on. So it's clear now. After the angel speaks to Joseph, Joseph decides to do what? I'm going to marry her. Now remember, I know Jesus was God, is God in the flesh, but how long does it take for that birth to come about? Normal amount, right? Nine months. Whoa. So during those nine months, both Joseph and Mary were probably the brunt of what? 
No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And uh, boy, come on, Joseph, don't tell me you guys haven't slept together. Come on, Mary. We see evidence here. I mean, if it's not Joseph, then who is it? And so, again, now, now, now understand this for a minute. And remember the culture shock back then. Would, would, it, would it have been easy to do that? No. It certainly would not have been easy. Alan, I want to go back to what you said a moment ago about this prophecy being fulfilled. How does that remind us that God's Word is reliable and trustworthy? Just like he said. Now, again, in Isaiah's time, it was just a young baby, but not when Mary came along. And how many know there was no way humanly possible that could happen? But with God, all things are possible. And God did it just like he said. Now, by the way, whenever you get a chance to share the gospel, when people begin to question the word of God, share with them some prophecies that were fulfilled. Ask him to explain that away. He can't. So it's a useful tool in sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So number one, his birth was miraculous. Would you agree with that? Number two, Christ fulfilled Old Testament prophecy at birth. And number three, chapter two, God led some wise men to worship Jesus. Let's read the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 2. Thank you. 
Thank you, Dan. So, the story begins to unfold. An angel goes to Mary, meets Joseph in a dream, so he explains what's going on. And now we see another story developing from the east, some wise men. And they have seen a star. Now, a lot of debate about that, but I want to say this. I think it was a star sent by God. And, of course, what were they, who were they looking for? Yeah. Yeah, the king of the Jews. So they get to Jerusalem. Herod's the king. And by the way, he doesn't belong there. He knows that. And uh, it's not rightfully his throne, but the Romans have allowed that to take place. But I guarantee any if any riot breaks out, guess what happened to Herod? He's gone. And so here comes these magi, wise men. We don't know how many. I know we always say three, but we have no idea. Probably at least 12. They wouldn't have traveled that long just with three men, that, that much distance. And they say, hey, we're here and we're looking for the king of the Jews. So what's Herod's uh, response? What's his thoughts? Yeah, I thought I was the king here. So he's troubled. And it says all Jerusalem with him because there would have been, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, the king's cabinet members, whatever, you know, his other people that served him. And, they're, you know, if the king loses his job, we're out too. So they're troubled. Now, Herod knew enough about the Jews, a little bit. He says, I need to find out something here. So he calls these chief priests together, the scribes. says, fellas, you know, these guys have come searching for the king, the newborn king. So where is he going to be born? So they tell Herod and the wise men, why well, he will be born in Bethlehem of Judea. How, how did they know that? Another prophecy. Now here's what's interesting. They believed that one, didn't they? Yeah. But you take it to Isaiah 53, they don't see it. How can you not? So, again, Bethlehem of Judea. And by that's from Micah chapter 5. So once Herod finds out about this, he, he calls him wise man privately, say, hey, uh, check your calendar. What, just, just exactly when did that star appear? Well, it had been about two years. 
So he says, go ahead and go. But when you find that young child, come and tell me. So I can come and do what? Worship him too. What do you think about that one? Now, yeah, absolutely. Now, here's what's interesting. The wise men said, we saw his star in the east. And uh, so Herod says, look, all the religious people say, go to, go to Bethlehem. And search for the child. Now there's no doubt that Herod thought it would take a little while. You know, go search till you find that. But what he didn't know, that star would do what? Directly there. Now by this time, Christ child is about two years old. Now, all of a sudden, once they hear, a star reappears. And like you said, Dan, it leads them to exactly where the child was. Now, now notice this, too. The reason we know that, because the Bible says rejoice, they rejoice with exceeding great joy. So the, the, the star had stopped for a while. Now they see it again. So they go to the house. They see the young child. And they fall down and worship him. Now, depending on who these magi were, and again, there's a several suggestions. Some people believe it may have been Jews who stayed in Persia. Maybe even descending far as far as back to Daniel. We don't know for sure about that. But at least they came and they bowed in homage to a king. But I think it's also possible they may have realized this is not just any king. It's not just any king. And folks, I want you to know today, Jesus Christ is worthy of our worship. So verse 12 says that God warns these wise men to do what? Yeah, don't go back to Herod. What does God know? Does he know Herod's plan? Yes. You know the story. Herod made a decree that every Jewish child in Bethlehem in the area, two years and younger, I want him what? I want him killed. If my memory serves me correctly, it was Jeremiah who prophesied about a weeping in Rabbah. Herod brought about that weeping. How did Jeremiah know it was going to happen? God told him. Another fulfilled prophecy of the Scripture. You know the story. Joseph took his wife and the Christ child to Egypt for a couple of years. 
How many know there was no way, no way, no way that Christ shall could be killed until he laid his life down? Let's stand together. Next week, we're going to look at John the Baptist's life. And we're going to take some selective scripture. So if you can see some scripture in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John about John the Baptist, you might want to brush up on that. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that the Christ child was indeed born. And we worship him today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless each.